Shabbat Shalom. Well, we're in part two this week of Temple Man, so hopefully you got to um, dig a little bit more into that after last week's teaching. And um, in preparation for the upcoming Feast of Tabernacles and a continuation of last week's teaching, if we are the temple, we are the body of the Messiah, the living temple of Elohim, then the ramifications of that really is, is huge. So I want to continue with that thought from last week and go on into that a little bit more relating to health and how we actually walk that out in our lives with personal responsibility. That's a big word that people don't like. Personal responsibility. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, part 2 of Temple Man. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you? Now, we know, of course, the Holy Spirit is represented by oil, is it not? And we know if we go back into the Torah and we go back into the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus... That that oil, that oil was only used to anoint the priesthood. So the Holy Spirit, an analogy there now, the oil is used upon the priesthood. But that oil will not dwell in flesh. That oil, that anointing oil could not be put on the flesh at all. In fact, there was a strict prohibition against the anointing oil going on the flesh. Because quite honestly, you can try as you will to get all worked up, but if you are unregenerate, the Holy Spirit will find no place to reside in your flesh. It's only once that you have been converted and regenerated that the Holy Spirit can be applied and come living your flesh. And that regeneration, then by the work of the high priest himself, Yahusha, makes you a kingdom of priests. And therefore the oil is allowed to dwell within your flesh. It's all right there in the teaching of the holy anointing oil. You are a kingdom of priests, and if you are fleshly, carnal, unregenerate, there will be no dwelling place for the Holy Spirit to reside. So we have a responsibility now that we are hosts for the Holy Spirit, don't we? To keep our body temple housing clear and clean so that we can be clear for ministry so that we can be as wise as serpents, as harmless as doves, and discerning above all in the present days that we live. Because this isn't the 1900s. We live in a technological society where we are surrounded by toxins in our environment, toxins in the sky, toxins in the food, toxins in the media, toxins in the politics, everywhere trying to infiltrate and pervert and sway your mind, kill your body and break down your chemistry and your reproductive systems because it is trying to get the next generation to make you all slaves to a chemical society which is really, really bombarding us in every sensory area of our world. Look at what the scripture 
comforts us with by telling us, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have from Yahweh, and you are not your own? We can't do what we want anymore. We cannot let the flesh rule. We cannot be run by our desires and our appetites and lusts of the flesh. We cannot. We have to reign in the flesh because the flesh seeks to corrupt us. The eyes, the ears, the mind. So we have responsibility because we were bought at a price. Therefore, bring glory to Yahuwah in your body and in your spirit, which are from him. You see, we were bought, like last week we saw in the teaching, we were bought by the currency of redemption, the metallic Messiah. Silver is the currency of redemption that holds the building boards together so that the tabernacle can be raised. And what does it say in Acts chapter 15? The work of Yahushua is what? Raising the fallen tabernacle of David. So silver, the currency of redemption, is the key point in raising that fallen structure. Because it was silver that held the building boards together in the construction of the wilderness tabernacle. And silver is the currency of man, and it is the currency of redemption. So as we progress through this, you're going to see that there is a spiritual ramifications for how we walk out our body health in this life that we live in a toxic environment. It's toxic, it's toxic, and it is toxic. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are all fellow citizens. We are a lot better when we come together. When we start iron sharpens iron, when we help one another within the body of Messiah, we have got people that are so smart. When we work together, we have naturopaths, we have healers, we have people that are walking in the gifts of healing and spirituality, we have chemists, we have all kinds of people, farmers, we have people that can help when we come together. We have people that understand the creation and we need to work in the creation of Yahweh, not in the creation of man and his hybrid way of doing things in this generation. Because what's happening now is everything is being spliced and commingled. And Yahweh says that you shall not mix diverse kinds of seeds. But the toxic world that we live in today is all about commingling. We have the commingling of gender. We have the commingling of everything. We have the commingling throughout all of our society now. And it, we are supposed to accept that. But commingling is something you do not see within the scripture. Elohim is an Elohim of distinctions. We serve the Yahuwah. The creator is a creator of distinctions. This is Tameh and this is Tahor. Clean and unclean. That goes outside of the camp. This stays inside of the camp. This 
is a field that is sown with this type of seed, and this is a field that's sown with this type of seed. From the beginning, we serve an Elohim of distinctions, so the Luciferic realm is going to counterfeit that and bring everything into a proverbial bowl of what? Mixing. And that's basically where we're at now in the 21st century, is it not? With everything, especially the issue of gender. Especially the issue of gender. Ephesians 2.19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the Israelite saints, forming the household of Yahuwah, the house of Israel. Now that house of Israel is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Yahushua the Messiah himself being the cornerstone in whom all the house is joined together. There's that silver holding us together as the building boards if you go back to the Torah and we grow in the holiness and as that holy temple in Yahuwah, in whom also you are being built together as the temple of Elohim, and we're built together by the Holy Spirit. So Yahuwah wants to bring healing into our bodies. He wants to bring healing into our temples. But that's not just a physical thing. That is a mental thing. That is a, our outlook on life as well. By the renewing of our mind. From the very, very beginning. Because Yahweh has two wills. He has a perfect will and a permissive will. His permissive will is that he would heal you. His perfect will is that you'd never get sick in the first place. So Yahweh has two wills. A perfect will and a permissive will. And we would pray that we would never need to be healed because we would be walking in full full shalom, like I said last week. So it's time for us to get the Ruach right, the spirit right within us, is it not? And what better time as we prepare for the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the time of ingathering, coming under the healing wings of the Master as one in Messiah. Proverbs tells us in the 25th chapter and the 28th verse, He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. From the get-go, they in the world are trying to break down your DNA code from the get-go. I mean, you, you have a baby in the hospital, all of a sudden, the next thing you know, the nurse is coming along without informed consent and sticking the heel of your baby. They're not informing you of what's going to happen. They're only telling you half of the story. It's disingenuous at best. They're not going to tell you that that DNA is going to be farmed off to government agencies, stored for 23 years in some states, and used in a eugenics program. Or they'll only tell you, well, you know, this is going to, you know, form out and be able to decide if there's, you know, a certain amount of diseases, which, which is true, and that's a good thing. But they don't tell you the other side of it. 
that is actually going to be farmed out and become property, the DNA of your child is going to come become property of the government and various government agency. No informed consent. And this happens all the time. And nurses are not speaking out for fear of losing their jobs. They're only going to tell you half the story. And that's not right. So from the beginning, they're trying to break down the walls of your city. Because they're trying to steal your DNA and house it and store it for up to 23 years. I think in at least 2020 states, it becomes their property. In fact, these nurses are becoming complicit in like Dr. Mengel's times type of eugenics. Remember Dr. Mengel's from the Nazi era? Mengele. Mengele. Thank you. But that's the kind of eugenics that they were doing back in the 40s. And again, this is not being communicated from the very, very onset of life, stealing and breaking down the walls into that temple body, that city in which you and I dwell. You see, the situation where informed consent is given for any storage of DNA, there should be like an opt-in, that you're going to opt-in and say, well, yeah, I would agree that after the original testing that you can, um, you know, store my DNA and, uh, or my baby's DNA for 23 years. There should be an opt-in, but that's not even given, is it? And we have a nurse in the back here nodding her head because she knows very well what I'm saying is true. You see, so half the story is given, operating in the shadows, correct? Operating in the shadows. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So we do have what? Personal responsibility in our actions. We should judge ourselves, then we won't be judged. In 3 John chapter 1, verse Two, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Well, that's what Yahweh wants for us. Even as your life prospers. Now, in Exodus chapter 15 and Deuteronomy chapter 28, Yahweh promises us that if we obey his commandments, we'll be in health. And back in my hyper-messianic days, I took that so literally that when destruction came upon me, my household, and death, then I was like, well, well, what does that mean? Am I not keeping the commandments? What am I doing wrong? And I couldn't reconcile that. But Yahweh isn't an Elohim like a puppet where if we do this, he does that. Well, then all I have to do is keep the commandments and then he'll bring me health. Well, that's what it says, Matthew. But no, we live in a fallen world, do we not? We live in a world which is degrading. You see, Yahweh has a perfect will, but that perfect will was broken the moment that Adam and Eve sinned. And now we live within Yahweh's permissive will. Yes, his perfect will was that they would have never eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
But now that that has happened, we are left with the consequences that comes down through the generations. But we can't just demand of Yahuwah, I will do this and then you must do this. That's how I used to think. But where's the faith in that? Yahuwah is not a puppet. Based upon my actions, he's not going to respond. We have to walk in, as children of emunah, children of faith. Look what it says about Moses. I love this. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 7. And Moshe was 120 years old when he died. This is in the Masoretic text. His eye was not dim, nor was his natural force gone. But I prefer the Latin Vulgate. Nes dentes elus morti sunt. His eye was not dim and his teeth stood firm. Meaning at 120 years old, Moses had perfect dental health. How about that? Because he wasn't brushing his teeth with fluoride for crying out loud. But when you bring that up, you're the crazy person in the room. Fluoride. Do your own research. Do your own research. He had perfect dental health, according to the Latin Vulgate. I love that. In Psalm 103, verse 3, it is written, Yahuwah who forgives your iniquities, it is Yahuwah who heals your diseases. So the first thing is, there is nothing wrong with going to a medical doctor. Medical doctors are phenomenal if you're in a traffic accident. But the first things first, if we have to understand, medical doctors are not healers. Healing comes from Yahuwah alone through his creation, through his servants that tap into the resources from his creation. Medical doctors are phenomenal for trauma. If you've broken something, if you've burnt something, if you've ripped something and you need it put back into place, sewn up or reattached, there is no point going to a naturopath. Okay? At that point, you need an MD. But if you've got cancer and you've got those diseases, you don't need to be cut. You don't need to be burnt. You don't need the German gas from World War I in your body. You don't need that stuff. You need to go and see a healer. Who are you going to seek? Yahuwah Ropecha. You see, we have been so brainwashed that we mistake trauma for healing and healing for trauma because my people perish for lack of knowledge and they've got no discernment. So it's not that there is anything wrong with a medical doctor. When I got into a bike accident and was hit by a car on my bicycle, I didn't need to go to the naturopath. I needed to go see a doctor. So we have to be discerning. 
Isaiah tells us in the fifth chapter and the thirteenth verse, Therefore my people are gone into exile because they have no knowledge. Exile where there is disease, famine and starvation. And that's the problem. We're in the exiles. Disease can be the result of sin not dealt with. Because again, we're talking about personal responsibility here today. So this isn't a happy healing message. It will be if we press in and seek first the kingdom of Yahuwah and all other things will be added to it. Health begins, I believe, at the end of the day. When we're talking about disease, we're talking about health, not trauma, We have to look inward. A lot of our problems are because we lack forgiveness. A lot of our problems is because we lack forgiveness. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, it is written, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahuwah. The first place to look when we have problems in our life Is if you've got a root of bitterness, is there something that we're holding on that we're not forgiving? Maybe you need to forgive your parents. Maybe you need to forgive um, the people that you grew up with. I don't know. But we need to first look at forgiveness. Because there is a direct relationship between lack of holiness, disease, and sin. Spiritually rooted disease is the result of separation on three levels. Number one, first of all, there's a separation from Yahuwah, his word, his spirit. So we have to press into the creator. Number two, there's a separation from your own self. You're no longer in touch with your body. You're no longer in touch with the spirit within you. You've become carnal. You've forgotten that you're a spiritual being. There's a separation from yourself. You're no longer judging yourself. You're no longer having that inward reflection. The third way that there is a root of disease, at a third level, is separation from others. Because Yahuwah works with us corporately. And a man who isolates himself, the Proverbs say, seeks his own. How many people have become so embittered with others that they won't go to fellowship anymore? That's not healthy. Yahuwah has us go to congregation so that we can be healthy. Now, some people can't. They're shut in. Or there isn't an assembly that has the right belief system in their neighborhood. So we're blessed that they're online, that they're online and we have an online assembly. But yes, we're still an assembly together. We have a lot going on online with the emails, the chat forums and people in various groups. So that's not what I'm talking about. But there are some that isolate themselves because they don't want to have fellowship with others. Because Yahuwah wants us ultimately to be in health And that is a social thing as well. Let's look, as we progress now into this temple body, let's look at some common diseases. And instead of getting drugged, instead of getting burned, and instead of getting cut first, which is what society would have us do, right? Let's look and see. I'm just saying, let's look and see. Give me the benefit of the doubt. Give Yahweh the benefit of the doubt. Let's look and see if there's a scriptural solution, possibly a scriptural route, 
possibly a spiritual root that could be plucked first before we go and spend 12 minutes in a doctor's office. Because that's about all you get, right? If that today, if that today. So let's pause and let's reflect a little before we dive headlong in. But I have to be careful because before I dive into this, we have to be careful because we have to be sensitive to other people. Because everyone you meet, truly, everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. I don't know the battle that you are fighting right now, Don, as you are recovering from a stroke. I mean, I, am, I want to know, but I don't ultimately know the battle that you and your family are fighting right now because you are recovering from a stroke. So we need to be kind because we should never judge another, the saying says, until we've what? Walked in their moccasins walked in their shoes. We don't know. Because the way to a person's heart is through their heels. Get to know where they've walked. Get to know and understand their walk. Because if we look behind everybody's smile, and we can all be like this, hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. But if we truly look behind everyone's smile, there's a story that will never truly truly understand. Never truly understand. Often people that criticize our life, I've found, are usually the same people that don't know the price that we've paid to get to where we are today. I mean, I've had, especially being a minister, people be extremely critical of me. And I'm like, oh, you should have seen me 25 years ago. You have no understanding, she does, of the price that we as a family, myself, have had to pay to get here. Ultimately, we know that the payment was done by Yahusha to get us even regenerated, but then there was personal responsibility of walking in that redemption, right? So again, we have to be careful. So if we must... We must judge people tenderly, tenderly, because there's usually a side we've not heard, a story we know nothing about, and a battle waged that we're not having to fight. They're having to fight it. You're having to fight it right now. So we have to be considerate. So don't judge too harshly, because if our weaknesses, think about it, if our weaknesses were to be placed under our footsteps, most likely we'd stumble and fall as well, would we not? Would we not? At the end of the day, to judge people before understanding them is a form of human rejection. And it actually feeds upon itself. It's not the way of the saint. It's the way of the sinner. That's the way the world is. And we're to be different than the world. So what follows is certainly not to judge but to show pause, because the scripture has deep answers, whereas an MD will only give you surface answers within 12 minutes. But I would much rather go deeper in the word. Let's look at some common diseases, and let's look and see if these scriptural passages could give us some insight. One, 
that is very, very prevalent today is chronic fatigue syndrome. Many people know somebody that suffers from it, and this is real. This is real. That's why I said we need to be compassionate and help people. But the first thing is to go to Yahuwah Ropecha. And sometimes that's the last thing that people do. But we need to be firstly seeking the Creator. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29, it says, For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself not discerning the body of the master Yahuwah. For this reason, many are weak and sickly among you, and many are dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So the Bible is clearly teaching us that we have personal responsibility. This verse clearly says that if you're not discerning Yahusha, you're not discerning the walk of the Master, you're not discerning your walk, then the repercussions of that is that you could become weak, sick, and die, and it will actually manifest in your physical body. How often is that taught from the pulpit? So we have to look and see if there's a spiritual root. Another common disease that we see, or a common syndrome that we see, especially I see a lot of it down on the streets because um, I work downtown, is um, paranoid schizophrenia, especially with the homelessness that we have, a prevalence of the homelessness now in, in, in this town in particular because we are a state capital and we have many people that are released from the institutions here in town. And where do they end up? They end up on the streets. In James it says, A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And paranoid schizophrenia, definitely they end up double, triple, quadruple-minded oftentimes. And very, very unstable. Some days can be good days. Other days could be murderous days, literally. But again, we've got huge toxins whether it's the pharmacia that is being administered to these people. I mean, some people's monthly prescriptions would be enough for a a Woodstock reunion. I mean, talk about this kind of psychedelic. If I had got my hands on those when I was 18 at a house party, my goodness, the kind of psychedelics that they've got these guys on is outrageous that they can even function the whole streets breathing, you know? I mean, seriously. So again, drugging is not necessarily the answer when it comes to mental health, but it's the first thing that's done. But ultimately, there can be deliverance because a lot of this is demonic spiritual warfare. And it comes down the generational line. And if you drug it, you're not going to heal it. So again, we need to be careful. Another common thing that we see is epilepsy in Mark chapter 9, verse 25. When Yahushua saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit. Well, firstly, Yahushua is being politically incorrect. You can't even say that nowadays, right? I mean, when I was, right, when I was growing up, there'd be, well, that person's a spastic. I mean, now, oh my goodness, you can't say that. And deaf and dumb? 
Oh, you, I mean, this is, so we live in this world of political correctness. You're, you're scared to say anything, right? You cannot call things the way they are in this corrupted world that we live in. And he says, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. So here we see that a deaf and dumb spirit could actually be a familiar spirit, a demon. It could be something, a familiar, familiar. It could have been something that came down the family line. And mental health, obviously, sometimes you will see that will come down the family line from generation to generation to generation because that spiritual root has never been plucked and pulled out. Another thing that's common today, how are you sleeping? How, how are all of us sleeping? Sleep disorders, right? I mean, there's people that are up. Or, yeah, I know there's Mr. Henrik in the back. My goodness, get this guy in a Motel 6 and by 9 o'clock, lights are out. I'm up all night listening to Alex Jones and he's snoring for crying out loud. I mean, if, yeah, like a baby, my goodness, you're all right for three hours and 15 minutes. But some people, no, they don't sleep. Proverbs tells us in the third chapter, in the 24th verse, you will lay down and your sleep shall be sweet. This is talking about Mr. Henrik in the back. Psalm chapter 4 verse 8 says this, I will lay you down in shalom and sleep. For you, O Yahweh, only make me dwell in safety. So what affects people? How come some people can sleep and others can't? Usually it comes from worldliness, an infestation of anxiety and stress. It's really an infiltration from the world. And I have found that myself. The more that I have worked in a secular job, the less I have slept because of anxiety or stress-related things from infiltration. But the more that I'm in the Word, the more that I'm around the saints, and the less I think about that stuff, and the less that I see a screen and that crazy light of a screen, but I'm actually reading text, the more relaxing and restful that I get. So a lot of this is anxiety and stress and fear related. Fear can cause restless and sleepless nights. So again, we need to be discerning. That's what it said in 1 Corinthians. Here's something to discern. Yahusha's body, this sometimes upsets people when I say this, Yahusha's body is not for the forgiveness of sin. And this is where most people tune out. Yahusha's body is not for the forgiveness of sin. Remember, we're to be discerning of the master's body. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 29. We're only getting half the story, so we're only getting half the healing. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 to back up that statement. Without the shedding of blood... There is no forgiveness of sin. How are we forgiven sin? By Yahushua's body or by his blood? It's his blood that forgives us of sin. His body does not forgive us of sin. His body does something supernatural. And Isaiah tells us in the 53rd chapter, in the 5th verse, by his stripes 
we are healed. Literally, when Yahushua was scourged and flogged with pieces of bone and his body was being torn and shredded, he took upon your infirmities, your sicknesses and your diseases. Whatever you're suffering from in your body, you need to go to prayer. And literally envision that it is being put on his body. Because by those stripes, he took your diseases. Give them to him. They're his. They're not yours. You speak life. How many? I'm starving. Oh, don't you say that. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, don't you say that. I've got this. I No, you don't. Speak life. Speak life. I renounce that. I rebuke that. We have to be careful what we speak. Because by the spoken word, either you speak life or you speak death. Don't speak sickness. Speak life. And then when there is sickness, you go to prayer and you literally, literally in your prayers... Put it upon Yahushua's scourged body. Because when he was scourged, he took your disease. It's not your disease. You don't have... I have... When somebody says that, I have a... No, you do not have a disease. Don't own that disease. You know who owns that disease? Yahushua's body owns that disease. It's his disease. He took it by his stripes. You are healed. But you've got to get it off of you and put it where it rightly belongs. There's personal responsibility in action and diligence in prayer. And it might not happen overnight. It might. But you continue to push in. And you'll be surprised how much death you've actually spoken into your own life. And you need to renounce that and take back that territory. Take back that ground. Because it has crept in. Because people that have been dealing with sickness for a long time, they start to take ownership of it. No, Yahushua's striped body owns disease. And his blood gives forgiveness of sin. Because it's the blood that forgives the sin, but it's the body that heals the disease. By his stripes, Isaiah says, we are healed. Isn't that, I mean, when you really, really meditate on that in prayer... I think you'll be astounded at what you can accomplish because Yahushua ultimately is the one that accomplishes it. And if it's left in the hands of men, you know it will crumble. But if it's left in the hands of the master, you know that it will bring supernatural healing. And it takes the faith and the righteousness of the saints. But we do need to be cleaned up first, don't we? In our bodies. Our culture struggles more, in fact, with the side effects of surgery or drugs than they actually do than disease. A lot of these things that we call disease, they're the side effects of surgery and drugs. And it's hard to get the healing when you're drugged, cut, and burnt. You're actually suffering from the consequences of the cutting, the drugging, and the burning rather than the actual disease. Because you'll be amazed at how the body's natural healing can kick in. You know when people get chemo? It's not the chemo. It's not what they were spraying on the troops in the trenches in World War I that's actually healing them. It kills absolutely everything, the good and the bad. And what actually heals them is finally their immune system reboots 
And it's their immune system that the creator put there that brings the healing. It's not the chemo. That just kills everything. It's finally, finally that their immune system rebooted and actually conquered disease because that's the way the creator created us. It's actually hard. When you're in ministry, it's hard. And as a nurse who's a believer, and I'm looking at you because I can see I've got a lot of interaction with you, and you're nodding with me, which encourages me. You've got to be careful. Don't encourage me. But it's hard for us to minister to the side effects of drug, surgery, and burning and wonder why people aren't getting healed, which then discourages people. They will, but they don't realize that the person's actually full of drugs, Suffering from the consequences of surgery. Suffering from the consequences of burning, chemotherapy. And the body doesn't respond well to that kind of thing at all. The body responds well to healing. But there are often huge side effects from drugs which interfere with the supernatural healing of the body. So, again... We have to take pause. That's all I'm asking today. I haven't walked in many of your shoes. And I wouldn't want to. Because we are all on a journey. You don't know what you'll do unless you walked in that person's shoes. I don't know. All I'm saying is we need to take pause And each of us, in our situation, we need to consider the Creator and the Scriptures in light of our situation. Because He'll bring the revelation. So don't shoot the messenger. Just take pause. Another thing that's very, very rampant is antidepressants and people that are so depressed. I'm depressed. People that are depressed. These antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs. Many, many people are suffering from the side effects of that. These are designed to enhance your self-esteem. But a lack of self-esteem comes from self-rejection. It comes from self-hatred. It's often caused by guilt. And it could be a father or mother's lack of nurturing in childhood. What's your relationship like to your parents? Is there generational sin? Antidepressants are a cheap substitute for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the comforter. But people are finding comfort in antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs and not getting to the root cause issues. So do we want healing? Because our society says, no, we'd rather have disease management. Because healing, you don't need to come back. But disease management, you're coming back every week and you're shelling out money after more money after more money. So let's be honest. They want disease management, but Yahuwah is Yahuwah Ropecha. And as believers, we want to be recreated, don't we? I want to be recreated each and every day. Recreated. I don't want disease management. I want a new body, a new mind, a new creation. Because our organs, even our organs, they don't heal. Organs don't heal. So why are we praying, praying for the healing of organs? Organs need to be regenerated, regrown, recreated. 
That's the amazing thing that Yahweh can do. So let's not waste our time trying to cry out to Yahweh to heal those things when they can be recreated supernaturally through intercession and the Holy Spirit and the laying on of hands and of oil. But it takes the faith of the saints coming together to do these things. So the root problems are often not addressed and they're laid by the wayside. And then, of course, we don't find the solutions within our community. The reason that I want to teach this now is because many are coming from all over to Sukkot, but their ailments are still with them. And we need to be moving together as a community to help one another because there's often a root problem that gives Satan the right to your life. And we've got to take back the ground. We've got to take back the territory. Another thing today, we've got allergies everywhere, don't we? I'm allergic to this, allergic to that, this and that. I mean, we've had, to, we've had you know, a girl that was looking after our kids one time, and the next thing my kids are like, oh, I've got this. I'm like, where did you pick this up? Oh, Anna told us this. I'm like, no, you don't have that. I renounce that. You do not have that. She might have that, but you guys don't have it. And now we don't have that problem in their health anymore. But they start speaking it in, and this is what our society does. It puts all of that stuff out there for you and you start to digest it and you start to actually consume it. But what about the Bible? The Bible says that we're going to go to the land flowing with milk and honey. Well, I can't go there. I'm lactose intolerant. I mean, really? That's what you're going to go? Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. The Bible says we're going to the land of milk and honey. All right. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to go, well, I don't want to go there. But the problem is our uncircumcised hearts towards Yahweh's creation. A lot of these allergies are because there's chemtrails, because there's toxins, because there's GMOs. Back in the 1800s, we used a soft kind of wheat. But no, today, we don't use that kind of wheat. Back in 1870, they switched the wheat. So now everybody's got, we've got to be gluten-free this, gluten-free that. Well, I can't do that, you know. What do they call it? Celiac disease or something? Celiac disease. Basically, they switched the wheat. They switched from a soft husk wheat now to this hard wheat in about 1880. And at the same time, that's when the Quakers came out with the oatmeal. I mean, people never used to eat that kind of stuff for breakfast. Not before 1870. You wouldn't be having bloody cereal, would you? Can you imagine the cowboys getting up and having a bit of cereal? <laughs> no. Well, suddenly you get the blooming Quakers in on the game and the next thing you've got porridge in the morning and shredded wheat and whatnot. So... And they changed the wheat, so we've got this hard wheat now, of course, which brings us fluffier bread. And then Subway takes it a step further, and they think, well, wow, if the hard wheat's good and it gives us fluffier bread, then why don't we start, you know, shredding up those exercise mats and put a bit of rubber in there, and that'll really fluff up the bread. And they really actually did do that. So, I mean, that's crazy. But a lot of these problems, like the gluten or the celiac disease, is because we do not consume the small amounts of wheat that we did a hundred years ago and the variety of wheat that we use is a hard wheat which is 
gives us the fluffier bread and it is now can you can plant wheat in every season where you used to only be able to plant it in one season. So it's a, no, a lot hardier, which produces, of course, way more gluten, the protein from the wheat. And therefore, people are consuming it more because now you've got cereal that's been introduced into your FDA pyramid, which is, you know, a New World Order thing. I did the pyramid sign. Watch out for that. But you see, a lot of these things, if you start to analyze it, you go, well, hang on a minute. It's not rocket science, but things have changed over a hundred years. And of course, now wheat is in everything, not just what you eat, but it's in what you drink. And again, we have to think about these things because we live in a way of not looking at the creator and the way he created things organics, non-GMOs, and living a healthy life based upon plant nutrients and seeking him and his creation. We just go and buy a box with all its toxic contents and wonder why we're having problems. Let's look at another common thing that comes up, non-menopausal osteoporosis. That's a big word. And this um, scripture is interesting. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, it says, A heart of joy does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. You ever, I mean, I, I met this old crusty git this week in the gym. I mean, he, oh my goodness. And I don't know what, everywhere I went, he was just following me and just like, and I was just, uh, have you read the rules in the gym? I was like, this guy was just like harassing me, whether it was in the locker room, there's like 30 lockers. But no, he wants the locker that I was in. And then he's going to complain that I left the door open. And I mean, I'm like, what in this crusty old git, you know? And I'm thinking, what is this guy's problem? bitter, and you go, I wonder, is this, is this his life? To be walking around? He doesn't know me from Adam, but I'm just the conveniently in his location. And I'm thinking, there's the natural me just wants to fire back. But I'm like, no, I can't do this. I have to be an example to myself here because <laughs> I know what I want to do. A heart of joy. Let's be happy. I mean, this guy was not happy. Not happy. It's like good medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. Could that be a possibility? Broken spirits. People not laughing. Laughter. Laughter actually does strengthen the immune system. So, you know, let's be happy. Be happy. Proverbs says in chapter 14, verse 30, a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but jealousy, the rottenness of bones. Jealousy, covetousness. We live in a world which is all about consumerism. People are jealous of one another, coveting things that they can't afford and shouldn't have. And all this can bring rottenness to the bones and a lack of joy. They end up with all these miserable gits everywhere. What's wrong with these people? 
We need to cry, restore, restore. Isaiah tells us in the 42nd chapter, and the 22nd verse, but this is a people robbed and plundered. We are being robbed and plundered every time you buy a boxed thing from the grocery store. Your walls are being broken down by the chemicals, the toxins, the GMOs, and all of those ingredients breaking down your body. We need to cry, restore. We're being robbed and plundered. And they're all of them. We're all snared. Snared in the commercials. Where you've got some silly tart jogging along. And they're like, you know, trying to give her the picture of health. And then it tells you at the end in the small thing that her backside's going to rot out and her entrails are going to fall on the trail that she just ran. You know? I mean, but that's, I mean, really, read the small print. Right? Good night, Josephine. I mean, and I'm looking, I'm, a, I'm on the treadmill looking at all these people. Oh, my goodness. I can't take it anymore. I'm going to have to get a home, Jim. <laughs> restore, restore, it says in Isaiah 42, verse 22. We're snared in holes and they're hidden in prison houses. They are for prey and no one delivers them. For a plunder and no one says restore. Nobody's saying restore. What hinders? What helps? Is it hindering you or is it helping you? There's consequences for our life. Improper care of the body. Even the soaps we use. I mean, I was just using that stuff, you know, at the gym. I'm like, I'm finally, I'm starting to itch, you know. Boils are starting to come. No, not really. <laughs> My wife says, no, we're going to get you some silver soap. So now I'm using silver soap. Now I have to just keep it from not dropping on the floor. That's a terrible thing. That's a terrible thing. When you're in a public shower and then you drop the soap. I mean, you've got to watch out both sides, right? Okay, all right. I've got, got the door and the soap. All right. You pick the thing up and you're like... These are the things I have to deal with at 6 o'clock every morning, just sharing this with you guys. I'm being transparent and honest, and that's going to bring healing to my body temple. <laughs> because there's sin and there's sickness at the gym that I go to. <laughs> and the wages of sin are death, and I don't want any part of that. And you know, some of the problems that people have is they just aren't simply saved, right? Right? It can be just that simple. You just need to get saved. And all that stuff are just like, Start shedding off you like old dry skin. Or maybe our allotted time is fulfilled. But we need to be faithful. And we need to have a persistent pursuit of Yahweh. That's what I want. A persistent pursuit. Not to give up when we're hurting, emotionally or physically. That's what you've been a witness to me. Has he been a witness to you? His persistent pursuit. You could be a crusty old git, but you're not. If you were, we'd roll you right out of here. And you've made it really easy for us. But we need to turn first to Yahuwah, our healer. Seek him. Seek him. Seek first the kingdom of Yahuwah and all things will be added to us. 
Because Yahweh is our healer. We must seek his leading when and whether to involve man. I'm not saying don't involve man, but seek Yahweh first when and whether to involve man. And then have the discernment of what type of man to get involved. Do you want to get the MD involved? Or do you want to get a healer involved? Is it time to go to a chiropractor? Is it time to go to a naturopath? Or is it time to go to a pathological pimp? Because that's basically what MDs are. They're going to pimp for the drug companies, are they not? They're pimps for the drug companies. And they're not going to heal and they're not going to reveal because they'll drug, cut and burn you in the hopes that you'll return again and again and again. So we have to realize what we're dealing with. We need to check ourselves first, though, because Proverbs tells us in the 16th chapter and the 18th verse, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. So the first thing we have to check is ourselves. Another common thing that we see a lot in children is autism. And often the cause of this is vaccinations at childbirth. If you ask to get that insert, which they never have and never show you, again, the repercussions from these vaccinations, what they grow them on, aborted fetuses and monkey tissue, injecting it into a newborn baby with the high metals, this can cause terrible, terrible, terrible problems. Again, we have to be careful what we sign on to because we're not being given all the informations. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So again, there's roots often to these problems. I see a lot of mental illness on the streets. I truly do. And a lot of this comes from vaccinations. A lot of it comes from drugs. Some of it is from demon possession and demon entry. There's this vexing in the soul, for sure and for certain. Psychology. But psychology only addresses the mind. But we're a tripartite being. We're a three-part being. Scripture teaches us that we are a body, we are a spirit, and that makes us a living soul because we have the spirit and the body, but we are actually a living soul, the Bible teaches us. But you can't just deal with psychology because then you're only addressing the mind. What about the body? What about the spirit? You see, we have to look at the full human to find the full, full problem. We can't just address the body. We can't just address the spirit because ultimately we have to look at the whole body, spirit, and the soul, which is the man. Today we find so much in business even. I've had a lot of problems with people lying. And I tell people all the time, people that come work for me, I say, you know, I put up with a lot of things. If you lie to me and you steal from me, you're done. I'll be a really good employer. We can have fun. You can do your job. And if there's a problem, I'll come talk to you. But if you lie to me, if you steal from me, we're done. I have a biometric scanner where my employees put their finger... 
You're going to go, really? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I have a biometric scanner where my employees put their fingerprint in, they clock in, they clock out. I had one, and, and, and I, so ridiculous, I'm like, come, they're coming in getting their hair done. It's actually a student. So you're not clocked in right now, are you? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, right, because, you know, you're here, obviously, on your day off. You're not clocked in. Oh, no, no, no. I said, okay. So I'm going to give you another opportunity. I'm just going to ask you one more time. So you're not clocked in right now. No. Okay. Go back onto my computer, boot up the back end of the biometric system. Lo and behold, they're clocked in. I mean, really? Would you not think that I have the back end to the system I have up front? And I, I said, I'll give you another opportunity. But that, again, we see that is prevalent in our society from the top all the way down. Hillary Clinton and the politicians all the way down. And again, people aren't held accountable. But people that are lie, they're afraid of judgment. There's a spiritual root. Because the root behind all liars is the fear of man. They're afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid of rejection. And the consequence of their lying is they have to go and get anti-anxiety drugs. Right? Because they can't remember what's true and what's not. And they get very anxious because they don't know what is what, you know. If you never lie, then you're not, you've got to, nothing to worry about, right? But where were you last night? Um, uh, what did I say? You see, super anxiety. So again, we've got a spiritual root to these problems. Disease does not come, the scriptures say, without reason. Because we need to seek Yahweh what the reason is and go to the root problem in this body temple. Proverbs chapter 26 verse 2. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so a curse without cause shall not come. What's going on in my life? What happened? Another common disease or ailment that we find today would be fibromyalgia. Very common. It's pain, and it's real, and it's in the fibrous tissue. Muscles, tendons, ligaments, other connective tissues. Pain without swelling or inflammation and its cause. And it's very, very real. But you'll find very few men have it. Well, why is that? You see, women need to be nurtured. Women need to be nurtured. And it's almost unheard of for men to get fibromyalgia. In the medical journal, this is what it says. The condition occurs mainly in females. Primarily, fibromyalgia syndrome is particularly and likely to occur in healthy young women who tend to be stressed, tense, depressed, anxious, and striving and driven. Interesting. Is there a spiritual root? Fibromyalgia often occurs in women who receive little or no nurturing by their fathers or husbands or have unresolved emotional issues. So these are things that maybe cause us to pause. 
I don't know the answers, but I'm just saying behind everything we must dig a little deeper. Right? How about heart disease, heart attacks, and high blood pressure? In Luke chapter 21, verse 26, it says, Men's heart were failing them for fear. So often the causes of these things are what? Fear, anxiety, and stress. Stress is the number one killer. We live in a society that is just so stressed out. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, Yahweh has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Right? What about Don and myself? Just had a stroke. I've got varicose veins. Well, is there unresolved anger? Unresolved rage? I don't know. What about from our youth? It's a common thing. Was there unresolved conflict with a father? Did you have unresolved conflict with your father? I did. So I figured out why I got varicose veins. We haven't figured out why you've got a stroke. Why? Ah, so personal responsibility. The blood clot that came upon the cholesterol buildup. So what are you going to do? Break it up and live. No more double whoppers with cheese. (laughs) See? What about breast cancer? That's a common thing, isn't it? 10% of breast cancer is actually caused by mammograms. How about that? Now, women that nurse their children, breast cancer, tiny percentage. Because that's what women were created to do when they have children, was to nurse them. But they don't want you to do that. Because there's much more money in formula, right? Nursing almost eradicates breast cancer in women because it's what women were created to do. See? We have to look at our relationships with one another. How's our relationship? What's your relationship like with your mother? Do you hate your mother? Do you love your mother? Do you honor your mother? Because there can be rivalry. There can be bitterness. If there's bitterness and rivalry between mother and daughter or bitterness and rivalry between sisters and females in general, that can affect the breasts. You see, there's a root. There can be a root. There can be a root. How about liver cancer? Now, I'm not saying all this being pointed because we don't know. But I'm just saying the scripture gives us insight that we can go and push a little bit further. Proverbs chapter 7 verse 21. With her many words, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she seduces him. He goes after her immediately as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the prison until a dart strikes through his liver as a bird rushing to the trap that did not know it would take his very, very life. So Yahweh's word tells us here that the foolish man 
that lusts after women who's seduced by feminine lips, well, that man could be die by, die by being struck in the liver. It's a warning against the lust for the eyes. And we live in a generation where there is more temptation put upon people because of the screens that we carry around with us. But the, the, what's the purpose of the liver? It eliminates toxins and waste. But if you're viewing toxic waste material, where do you think it's going to get deposited? It's possible, right? So again, we need to live a holy, sanctified life in our body temple. Because what we do in private is truly the person that we are. It's not what we do in public, it's what we do in the dark when nobody's there. That's truly the man or women that we are. So we have to be what? Govern ourselves with the governorship that Yahweh has bestowed upon us by the work of redemption that he has given us through his son. It's again, personal responsibility is a huge part of our faith walk. And a lot of people want to just sidestep that and then go, oh, well, woe is me. But we have to work together and look at our problems, address our problems, and get support and healing from one another. Because within the body, we have got many, many gifted people that can help us with health and healing, counselors. We've got pharmacists, we've got naturopaths, we've got farmers, we've got politicians. We're all here and we can help one another when we start to communicate and be honest, right? Honest with the situation and what's going on in our life. The conclusion to all this is that Yahweh is our healer and he wants us to be prosperous in life and in health. But he does not want us to negate personal responsibility. And I understand. I understand. I can't teach beyond what I know. And I haven't walked in all of your shoes. And I understand that I can't lead anyone beyond where myself I've been led. I understand those things. But I believe that Yahweh is leading and calling us all collectively to a higher ground of accountability when it comes to health, holiness, and healing. All of us. And we've all got a story to tell. But we're not here to judge one another, but we should be here to tell our story so that we can encourage and help one another and give each other the tools on how to cope. We have people in unbalanced marriages unequally yoked, and that causes huge mental, emotional, and physical health problems. But there are older women and older men within the assembly that have gone through those things and become victorious, that can counsel and help others that are in the midst of that. That's what I want us to do, to look, to seek out that sheep that is injured and bring them into the fold and help them because of our experiences. Because I'm constantly rethinking my theology, as I'm sure you guys are. 
And I often fight the temptation to be afraid. I often fight the temptation to be fearful. But I don't cower and give in to that. I push through. Because no one with fear can truly believe. And without believing, it's impossible to receive these wonderful gifts that are within the scripture that Yahweh Ropecha, our healer, has for us. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the congregation and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil and with the name of Yahweh. And that's the goal. And that's why we have a massive (laughs) bottle of oil right here. That's why it's so big. Because we all need to be dunked. Right? So, let's use it. Let's walk together. Let's get that healing because Yahweh truly wants to do something at the Feast of Tabernacles in gathering as we come together. It's a time of refinement. It's a time where we need to go to battle. But Yahweh says that he's raising up that temple body. And when we go and to prayer first and when we seek him first, then we shall find the healing. And that Healing, it could come through various means, but the first thing first is to seek him and we give him all the glory, right? Amen. Amen. Questions, comments, anybody? Yes, we have. Here he comes. One of, the, <clears throat> one of the things that has happened to me is it has affected my emotions. Sometimes I get emotional. Thank you for this good word. I can simply say that healing at its best is walking in the divine life of our wonderful Father. Thank you, thank you. Amen, amen. I was going to say on the note of uh, sleep, uh, because this is something that uh, Danielle and I have talked quite a bit about. Um, We live in a world that is uh, commanded by wireless signals. And the faster our internet gets, the quicker, the higher frequency those signals are. And what they do is they bombard our cells. And if anyone has this, has experienced this, where you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just up, you don't know why, it's largely due to the fact that um, in my research that you are being bombarded with those cells and it prevents your brain, your body from getting into deep REM, which perpetuates the chronic fatigue. You're not repairing your body. So something that uh, we've done in the past like month um, we turn off our router in our home, and we turn off. We put our phone in airplane, or turn it off, whatever you want to do. But you eliminate any wireless signals coming over your home. Mm. Um, if you live in an apartment complex, that's tough. So there are actual curtains you can get for around your bed to block out these signals. But uh, it's something to try. And um, that's a good idea. We've noticed. I mean, kids are kind of a toss-up because they wake up for all sorts of reasons. 
But we have noticed a difference in our kids' sleep, too. And so that's something that um, I think everyone should try. Wi-Fi. It's the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, absolutely. And um, I know I spoke to you this about, some, about this at some point, but as we move into 5G inter- it, wireless signals, that's going to be kind of crazy for our bodies. But um, there's a lot from just for people to think about from like a wireless and it's, so it's just bombarding signal. your cells exactly that's it's what bombarding your cells. cell phone towers wireless signals um 5g is going to be the attempt to blanket the entire world in wireless signals really so at and at a much higher frequency than what 4g is right now and it's not just like faster speed it's new fiber optics all this kind of stuff so and when we go back to the temple it's all about frequency it's all about frequency. I've done a teaching in the past on the showbread. Might need to redo that. It's all about frequency. Even in the book of numbers, you'll go back and it'll give you the actual frequency scale and the frequency code right within the very scripture. The moving of the ark, the ark of the covenant, all about frequency. The frequency within the holy of holies, the kedosh ha kedoshim. So it makes sense that the prince of this world would bombard the frequency to try and interrupt the power of his people, Yahweh's people. Satan is trying to interrupt and corrupt through this modern new world order and Luciferic system, which we're seeing more and more and more of. Very good point. Thank you. Oh, okay. Because of, of disobedience or something? Is that... I'd have to look that one up afterwards. Sorry, I missed that one. Yeah, the kidneys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good point. And, okay. Steve's getting his cardio. You know, you talk about mental illness or the schizophrenia of the um, young people on the street, young, old. Scripture says that the young man who mocks his father, the raven will pluck out his eyes. And so often when I teach the children, I encourage them to really resist stubbornness of heart or even a desire to, as they're listening to instruction, to reject it. So it's a kind of a mockery of a father and a mother. Um, because of that Proverbs, that the raven will pluck out their eye. They will lose an ability to truly see something. Wow. So you, you train your children up young. Then when you have a teenager, you don't have what the world tells you you'll receive, which is rebellion because they have their vision intact. Just a thought. Oh, oh and you know what? My dad was diagnosed with diabetes several years ago. And because of this walk in Torah, he did not want... To pass that down to us, so he um, through that through the healing of foods and oils has um, reversed it. And the doctor actually uh, saw him a few uh, months back when I was in California, and asked him, you know, oh wow, how did you? Dad didn't even tell him. He's almost off all medication. 
for his heart and for the diabetes. Um, the doctor said, you're doing great. Your numbers are excellent, like you're a young person again. Louis, you're like a young person again. Yes. <laughs> and um, it's, it's all through what Yahuwah gave That's us as amazing. true food. It's amazing. So, I love to Yahuwah. hear those testimonies. That's it, the testimonies of the righteous. So, Father, we do pray, Abba, and continue, Abba, to press in for Abba that we would walk in true health and holiness Abba, as you are raising up the living temple this day, Abba, that you have called your saints to walk in covenant holiness with you. Abba, we thank you as we come in now, Abba, into this seventh month. And Abba, we come to the Feast of Tabernacles in these next days. And we pray, Abba, your brako, your blessing upon your people, that Abba, that we would all walk under the covering and the currency of Messiah, the metallic Messiah that brings us in those building boards and raises up the tabernacle of David in these days. In Yahushua's mighty name. Amen. Amen.